everyone, and welcome to Behold, the podcast where we turn our all-seeing eye to the world of comic book adaptations and try to sort the super from the substandard. Who's we? Well, I'm your host, Andrew, and as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Mick. Hello. Uh, just a, a little uh, thing. Um, you're not allowed to pass judgment on things. Only judges can do that. Impersonating a judge carries a standard punishment of 10 years in the ISO cubes. I mean, surely, though, what are we if not, like, the judges of the comic book adaptation world? Have you been appointed duly by the chief judge? I mean, I might have been. Were you? No. Off to the ISO cubes. But I only just got out. Well, maybe you'll think about that next time. I won't, though. <laughs> and in the meantime, we'll get Wally the Simp to uh, <laughs> post the podcast. Oh, I wish. I, I wish this film had Walter the Wobot in it. <laughs> that film, of course, being Judge Dredd. So yesterday we are going to be talking about the 1995 film directed by Danny Cannon. Uh, in terms of writing, the screenplay is by William Wisher Jr. and Stephen E. D'Souza with story by Michael DeLuca and William Wisher Jr. as well. And with that many writers, you know it has to be good. Absolutely. And it is based on the 2080 comic created by John Wagner and Carlos Esqueza. And based on the uniform designed by Versace. Yeah, that's that's a that's weird thing. That's my favourite, most incongruous credit ever. Judge Dredd's costume designed by Versace. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I think the costumes look good in this, at least. <laughs> Very well. Now, just before we started the recording, I pointed out to you that you might find some of my opinions on Judge Dredd a little contentious. And one of the things that I think about Judge Dredd is it actually looks a lot like a Judge Dredd comic from the early days. Yeah, it definitely has that quite cartoony style of the early Judge Dredd comics, doesn't it? Uh, and it's overblown. The the shoulder decoration on Judge Dredd's costume is unwieldy. The 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 lawgiver bike is just preposterous. As are some of the action sequences. Yes. I like that the Lawgiver bikes in this move exactly like how you think they would move based on how they look. Yeah. Which yeah. is just a slow trundle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think also, somewhat incongruously for this show, Judge Dredd is something that we're both pretty familiar with. Yes. It's unusual. I mean, it's arguably a character that I've got more familiarity with than you 
seeing as I was there for his first appearance in 2000 AD, which, fun fact, contrary to popular belief, was not in Prog 1. Yeah. Although that being said, I do have to correct both ourselves. Because it's the law master that's the bike, the law gives ah, the gun. The law gives the, give the gun. Oh, that's another six years in the ISO cubes. Oh, factual inaccuracy. Still oh, the... but if factual inaccuracy is punishable, <laughs> I think that's just gone for life. Next week, this podcast will be broadcast live from the ISO cubes. Um, <laughs> yes. Still, at least we're not judges and we've not been sent to Titan. That's true. Or, or Aspen, as happens in Judge Dredd. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they changed the name. Yeah. It, it seems well, like a weird thing to make different. Well, Aspen's where all the posh guys go skiing in America, isn't it? It is, isn't it? I, so I, I get that maybe in the post-apocalyptic world of Mega City 1, perhaps Aspen is now a nuclear winter wasteland rather than a summer winter wonderland. Um, so maybe the, there is a penal colony there, but, you know, the, there was a whole thing with Titan, wasn't there? Because they had to have their uh, noses um, augmented to, to allow them to breathe and stuff. Yeah, because yeah, that's why in the comic Rico's got that whole weird like metal face appearance. Yeah, yeah. And that's actually the whole thing that undoes him is because he's used to like lower gravity. Yeah. He can't outdraw Judge Dredd. Indeed. Yeah, I guess it's maybe it's one of those things where they just like arbitrarily decided that space travel is too far. I I, I was wondering if maybe it was a budget thing. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. spent it all on Versace's costume. Just the gold trim alone must have set the, budget, the production back. Well, not even that. I think they blew the whole budget just on like glistening up Sylvester Stallone's face. Because <laughs> he has a very shiny face in this. He does have a very shiny face, which is, I. I the big criticism that always gets levelled at Judge Dredd is that he takes off the helmet. And I guess this is the 1995 world of Hollywood where the view is, if you're spending X million dollars paying a star like Sylvester Stallone to be in your film, you make sure his face is visible. It's also not not long before Tom Cruise starts doing the Mission Impossible films and starts making things like insistences that he's in every shot. So, you know, talent talks. But in this film, now that I'm watching it in the benefit of high def, he's, his face is visible even under the visor. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that, that actually you can just see his face. <laughs> Yeah, you can just see his face. So taking the helmet off, he didn't need to bother because you can see his face anyway. Everybody else went, Judge Dredd, don't you think he looks a little lot like 90s action star Sylvester Stallone? Anyway, shall, shall I get into the synopsis for this one? Synopsize. So, 
In the year 2080, most of Earth was left in a radiated wasteland. The surviving humans now live, crammed together in megacities. To crack down on the rampant crime in these megacities, traditional police have been replaced by judges, able to serve as judge, jury and executioner to criminals on the street. In Megacity 1, Judge Joseph Dredd, played by Sylvester Stallone, assists first-year Judge Hershey, played by Diane Lane, to end a block war between rival apartment buildings. Recent parolee Fergie, played by Rob Schneider, is also there, uh, but he gets shot a hundred times and falls out a window and we never see him again. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) Fortunately, no, Dredd just arrests him. So, meanwhile, disgraced Judge Rico Dredd escapes from prison and frames Joe for murder. Rico is an exact genetic clone of Joe, so is, of course, played by Armand Asante. Yes. Which Fun about... fact, Armand oh. Asante is uh, a clone of Sylvester Stallone. Is, is he, though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was cloned from genetic material taken from Sylvester, uh, Sylvester Stallone. But the technology is not advanced as it is in as advanced as it is in the comics, so it came out looking a bit wrong. I see, just like kind of squeezed him a bit too much when he was coming out the tube. Yeah, it's like it's like um, it's like the clone equivalent of a forceps delivery. Because <laughs> I mean, I guess if you do take Sylvester Stallone and just kind of squash his head down and out a bit, if you basically if you... got Armando Santi. <laughs> it's what happens if you try to take Sylvester Stallone's head and turn him into Modoc. That... <laughs> That's what you get. Because, <laughs> yeah, this is... I mean, we're, we're, we're on the tangent, I may as well stick with it. I can't remember, because like we said earlier, in the comics, Rico, when you see him, he's got his face all metalled up. Hmm. I can't remember, before that, was he supposed to look the same as Judge Dredd? Or uh, did he look different before then in the comics my, too? My memory of that whole story arc, because there was, there was a, they started off with the Rico thing and then they went back and, because they, they're all clones, aren't they? The Dreads are all clones of the original Judge Fargo. Yes, which is, I mean, technically spoiling a, Point later in the film, but eh, it's the synopsis anyway. Yeah, but yes, but and it's and it and it's a thirty-year-old film, nearly. So you know, yeah, also that. But um, yeah, so um, they were originally all clones of of Judge Fargo, the original Judge uh, of Mega City One, um, but there were variations to them all Not very few of them looked like Jed, uh, Dread. there were one or two that looked a little bit like him, they maybe had the same chin but in those rare scenes where other judges, not Dread, obviously but other judges took their helmets off they, they had different coloured hair or they, you know different shaped noses and stuff like that so there were variations Yeah, I think it's also less important there than it is in this film where there's yes. a whole plot point about the fact that Rico is genetically identical, despite yeah. looking like a completely different man. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Dredd is found guilty of the murder that Rico is framed in for, 
and sent to a penal colony. But the transport ship is shot down over the cursed earth, the wasteland outside the city. No, 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 it's not. It's shot down over the cursed earth. Oh, sorry, the cursed earth. Yes. Only in this film is that area referred to as the cursed earth. And it's very, very, very pronounced. Cursed earth. Because apparently yeah. the nuclear apocalypse happened in medieval times. Yeah. I, I can't believe that there's that one and only one instance of someone pronouncing a word weirdly in the film Judge Dredd. <laughs> hey, listen. You're not a part of the law. You're the law. I am the law. <laughs> Generally, half this film is just Sylvester Stallone and Amanda Santi gargling the word law at each other. Yeah. So, in fact, to... in fact, Sylvester Stallone is actually more intelligible after he's taken 15 punches to the face in Rocky. <laughs> It, yeah, it, it is like less intelligible than Adrian. <laughs> so, Dred and Fergie, who was also on the ship, are captured by the cannibalistic Angel family, but are saved by former Chief Judge Fargo, played by Max von Sydow, who is mortally wounded in the process. Before he dies, Fargo reveals that Dred and Rico both genetically engineered as part of Project Janus, an attempt to create the perfect judge, which was shut down after Rico proved to be mentally unstable. And yes, again, Max von Sydow, Sylvester Stallone. Genetically. Yeah, exactly genetically the same. The same. In fact, let's face it, up until this film, you'd never seen them in the same room together, had you? True. And I'm pretty sure even in this it might just be CGI trickery. No, it's nineteen ninety-five. CGI trickery wasn't that good. What are you are you forgetting, Mick, the incredible CGI scene where where there's a photo of Dredd as a baby, but then they un-CGI the background, but it's actually a lab, but the lab is obviously just a fake background. With a weird baby like slightly floating off a table. That's because they only had access to the very early first beta of Photoshop. <laughs> Running on a 286. <laughs> that is that, that is one 16 of 16 my... years it took to render that image. <laughs> that is one of my favourite things in old sci-fi films, is just whenever they've got a computer. And it's clearly the most just like ridiculous. <laughs> Amstrad piece of crap. Uh, anyway, where, where was I? <laughs> yeah. So oh, anyway, yes, Max von Sydow had just been fatally wounded. That's right. Yeah, tells Dredd that he's part of Project Janus. And from this, Dredd is able to figure out that Rico and Fargo's replacement, Chief Judge Griffin, played by Jürgen Prochnow, are trying to revive the project. So Dredd and Fergie sneak back into Mega City One and meet up with Hershey, who has also found out about Janus. Meanwhile, Griffin murders the rest of the High Council and starts Project Janus back up. 
However, Rico swaps out the DNA template for his own. In a plot twist that you can see putting its shoes on and lacing up and taking a good long run up. Yes, indeed, so that he can create an army of evil judges. So, realising... Because the ones we've got are so nice and kind and generous. Yeah, this this is maybe a... I feel like this film isn't aware of the fact that judges are actually quite bad. Like, the whole point of the comic is that this is not a good idea for future policing. Anyway, realising that he no longer needs him, Rico decides to give Chief Judge Griffin das boots. <laughs> Dear. Oh, so you'd be disgusted with how proud I was when I wrote that joke down. Hubris. 15 years in the ice cubes. I, like, I think that's lenient for that level of joke. <laughs> So, Dredd, Hershey, and Fergie confront Rico at the Janus lab in the Statue of Liberty. There is a fight. Hershey kills the chief scientist, Dr. Ilsa Hayden, played by Joan Chen. Rico falls to his death, and Fergie is shot and tragically survives. (laughs) In the aftermath, Dredd's name is cleared, and he is offered the role of chief judge, but rejects it, instead remaining a street judge. And that's the end of the film. So. So. Do you know what, Mick? What? I think if I was going to start a top secret laboratory project designed to make kind of like the perfect superhuman and I was going to start it by making two of them, I wouldn't name it after the Roman god whose whole thing is like having a good half and a bad half. Because really that seems like you're asking for trouble. Yeah. Um, of course, that's that's what you're assuming it was named after. It could, of course, be named after the scientist who perfected the cloning technique whose first name was Hugh. Maybe. <laughs> That's definitely another 15 years in the ISO cubes. No. So, um, right, cards on the table. I, I had this memory, and I think it might have been fed by popular opinion, that this film was, like, spawn levels of awful. And actually, as an adaptation of Judge Dredd, it's not that bad. It crowbars a lot of the concepts in. We cover the Cursed Earth. Weird pronunciation or not. uh, We cover the fact that the Hall of Justice is full of corruption. We cover muties. We cover the Long Walk. All chief judges take at the end of their career. We cover the hierarchy of the Hall of Justice. We cover all the key topics. We we even bring in some of the kind of like you know recurring villains like the the muties in the cursed earth. The, the, 
meme machines in there. Yeah, that was... So, I still did not like this film. But I will say, I thought Mean Machine Angel was great. Yeah. Like, he is so... just absolutely perfect. Looks great. Has that kind of, I'm gonna get you. Yeah. Has, like, the little dial that he turns up so he can do even better headbutts. I know. And, and for me, that's the kind of thing that makes fans of the MCU and DC films go squee now. Those little touches, those little bits and pieces that sort of scream, we, we, we've, we've looked at this world, we've seen this world and what's in it, and we've tried to cram as much of it in here as we can. But what they haven't done is made the mistake of trying to make all of them vital plot points. They haven't Spider-Man 3'd it. Yeah, that said, I mean, I, I still think that, it does suffer a bit too much from having just a lot of stuff crammed into it. But that said, it's a judge, it's a judge dread skin on a fairly low rate '90s action movie. At the end of the day, yeah, that I think I'd agree with that. Is it's very much like a discount demolition man, yeah. just renamed Judge Dread. Yeah, uh, and that's. That's it. That's its biggest crime. But I think, in terms of trying to bring Judge Dredd to the script, oh, let, let's be fair, right? H- Hollywood, back in the 90, 80s and nineties, tried to bring high concept sagas to the big screen in one-off chunks. We're going to do June. As one single movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've not seen that, but I've heard that that works really well and everyone loves June. Yeah. See, I've not seen the remake, but I can see the sense in it being planned to be a two-part movie. Because it is a huge world-building exercise. And I think that's where a lot of 90, 80s and 90s sci-fi fell down. You know. Even a decade before, in the seventies, with Star Wars, you didn't you didn't build the whole galaxy in the first film, which is still called Star Wars. It's not called A New Hope. I don't care what you think, George Lucas. Right? You didn't create the whole universe in in that one film. You built on it gradually over three films. The mistake in the eighties and nineties was that. They never had the guarantee that film number two was going to get made. It was all entirely based on box office. And if the box office didn't work out, then sayonara. So you have to try and cram as much world in as you can. I think now studios are more awake to the fact that some worlds need room to breathe and be built on and there are layers upon layers upon layers. And you yeah, don't well, and now, plus, like, the very big in thing is the idea of the cinematic universe. Yeah, and, and the franchise and everything. So, I think, had there been, and I think at this time, uh, 2000 AD and its characters were still owned by Fleetway Publications, who 
a little bit like Marvel. By the time you got to the 80s and 90s, were in terminal decline uh, and were still somewhere from being bought out by Rebellion. Um, and I think they were doing that that thing that a lot of license holders did. They, you know, we need we need it. We need instant cash flow in injection. Who's going to buy the rights to Judge Dredd? You, sir. You at the back. Yes, you with the really shiny gold crest. You can have it for fifty dollars. You did what with it? Also, in 1995, Sylvester Stallone was the only person in Hollywood with the same shape chin as Judge Dredd. Yeah, and I certainly think Sylvester Stallone looks the part. Yeah. But I think... Because I, I agree. I think a lot of the stuff around Judge Dredd, like Mega City 1, The Cursed Earth, <laughs> The Angel Family... That all looks great, but just Sylvester Stallone isn't a good Judge Dredd because he's too much just Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, and and, and that's always the day. And again, that's a trope of nineties action movies, isn't it? The plot didn't matter. The ancillary characters didn't matter. What mattered was that you had a name in that title role or in that primary protagonist role. You know, The Last Action Hero is a lot of fun. It's not a great film, but it's got Arnie in it. Yeah, it's just, it's Arnie being Arnie. Yeah, uh, and, and, you know, and with that, while we're on the subject of Arnie, that's probably what the thought thinking was behind the two Batman films that should never have been made, also in the 90s. Also, Batman skins on poor action movies. Yeah, and again, that's another case of here's this very specific character we've got, Mr. Freeze. Yeah. And then instead we're just going to have Arnie be Arnie. Yeah. And they don't. I mean, I feel like at least at the start of the film, Sylvester Stallone at least tries to play Judge Dredd actually as Judge Dredd. Yeah. But, uh, 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 I mean... You can say a lot of things about Sylvester Stallone, but he's never going to go down in history as one of his generation's great character actors. No. Everyone's a variation on Rocky Balboa. Yeah, he is. Big man who yells. (laughs) And either is punched or punches a lot. And sometimes he is old. And sometimes he's old, yes. But yeah, and I mean, obviously, as we mentioned up top, he takes his helmet off very early in the film. He does take his helmet off very early in the film, and and aficionados of Judge Dredd will know that the one other judges may do it. You may get to see Hershey doing some down. Actually, you get to see a lot of Hershey in the comics. Um... And Anderson, who doesn't appear in this film, which, considering what they did with some of the more important aspects of other Judge Dredd, 
universities, you'd have thought a quick mention of the side judges would have. Yeah, yeah I'm surprised she's not like in the background or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just walking down the corridor, Dread, Anderson, something like that. But, you know, hey ho. Um, but, but then again, of course, you're talking because Judge Anderson did spin off into her own series, so I don't know whether the Fleetway sort of held her back as another IP to be. Um, yeah, yeah, it might have just been a like licensing thing of. Yeah. No, she's her own character now. Yeah. So, so that was that. Um, but yeah, I for all its flaws, I actually found myself on this rewatch, and it's the first time I've watched. Judge Dredd since it first came out. Um, I found it actually quite enjoyable to watch. It was quite almost the the quality wasn't there in terms of script and storyline and everything else. Um, and it mixed up so much of the, the mythos uh, that's been established in Judge Dredd uh, over the years. But I think for a for a, a project where they only had one guaranteed shot at doing Judge Dredd and having spent all the budget on the uniform for Judge Dredd, the hack writers that they got didn't do that bad a job. In that it's an enjoyable if you if you take away the fact that it's got Judge Dredd branding on it and just watch it as a 90s action movie, it's not a disappointing Saturday afternoon, is it? See, because even that was actually kind of like the attitude I went in with it as just, okay, well, you know, it's famously a bad adaptation of Judge Dredd, especially because the whole point of Judge Dredd is that he is like the faceless embodiment of the law, and they spend the whole film going, look at his face! (laughs) So... You know, to be fair to it, I'll try and put that to one side and just enjoy this as, like, you know, a standard 90s action flick. But I think there was just one colossally huge obstacle that stopped me from doing that. Okay. It's that I bloody hate Rob Schneider. He isn't funny, Mick. He's just an I... annoying pain in the ass, and so much of this film is just him saying things, and it's not funny. It's just like, oh, I don't like this situation. Oh, I... isn't this a bit of a bad? Ooh, uh, look at me, I'm Rob Schneider. I take your point, but I'm assuming he didn't write those lines. Oh, I think he probably did. <laughs> I could. Rob Schneider is exactly the kind of person who, like, would go through the script and go, oh, how about we, you know, just put a little bit extra for me in there? Especially because so much of his scenes don't seem connected to anything. True. Like, it seems like it'll just be, like, going through a scene, and then we'll suddenly cut to Rob Schneider, and he'll say something unfunny and asinine, and then it'll cut back and just, like, continue like he wasn't there. You know what they should have done, don't you? They should have cut the Rob Schneider character out. And replaced him with Walter the Warbot. Yes, yes, they absolutely should have. That's that's really my big complaint. 
Why is he not Walter the Warbot? <laughs> he was briefly for him. Well, he wasn't Walter the Warbot, but he was a a street vending robot. He was, and it wasn't that funny because it's like Rob Schneider, but he's covered in noodles now. Ah, <laughs> oh, wish he died. <laughs> Harsh. I don't even know if I mean the character Fergie or the actor Rob Schneider. <laughs> so, um... So, do you know what character I did like a lot, though? What? Dr. Ilsa Hayden. Because, literally, she's just, like, the scientist working for Judge Griffin. And then Rico comes along and he goes, yeah, but what if you're evil instead? And she's like, yeah, go on then, I'll be evil. <laughs> and it's just, just evil. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Judge Griffin, working for Judge Griffin was hardly making it like an NHS angel, was it? No, but, but at least then like she seemed to have some kind of clear motivation of, oh yeah, she's a scientist. She's like, you know, interested in the science of the Janus Project. <laughs> And then after after that, she literally just seems like she, yeah, it seems like it's going to be fun to shoot these people. <laughs> also, if you're going to have a top secret project to create um, clones, genetic clones, and you want it to be low key, let's assume for a moment that you had another reason for calling it Janus, right? Um. Why would you put it in, like, the Statue of Liberty? I don't know, but I did actually like that as well, because that seemed like the most Judge Dredd thing in the film. <laughs> I'm also not entirely sure how the Statue of Liberty got into Meg- Mega City 1. I mean, I'm not really sure how anything in this film happened. Well, that's true. Like, what happened to the clones? Because there's like a whole scene where Rico starts to wake them up yeah. and you see some of them like get out the pods and then they're just gone. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, with that, I do have a theory, though. Do you? Because I believe at one point they wanted Judge Death to be in the film as well. Right. So I don't know if maybe the point was gonna be, like Rico wakes up the judges, but because they're not like fully completed yet. Oh, they become the dark judges. Yeah, exactly. They're all like, with you, you know, because one of them, you know, not quite got all his skin on, so he's like more skeletally. So he's Judge yeah. Death. That one of them is is on fire. You know, like like humans when they're being born are just a bit on fire. And that's one of the dark judges. I'm going to say yes, even though my brain is screaming no. But one of them has a giant, like a cow skull. And one of them just has an incomprehensible, scary face that Judge Dredd then punches. Fair. Of course, the other thing, and this will will stretch your uh, Judge Dredd knowledge, they could also have ended up in a a potential sequel, having escaped underground and becoming the legendary Judah. 
Oh, I don't think I know that Judge Dredd bit. Right, uh, so... They... <laughs> There's a story arc where... I believe he goes to the modern... The, the post-apocalyptic equivalent of um, Australia. And, Is that not just Australia? And... <laughs> And basically goes out into their cursed earth, uh, and and discovers um, a sort of Aboriginal version of the judges, and they're called the Judah, and they just wander around being big and hulky and going Judah, 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 Judah. I mean, I feel like I wouldn't commit crimes if there was like big hulking men who would beat me up. I'm, I'm now going to make sure I didn't dream that. I mean, it does sound a bit like a cheesy fever dream, but then so does a lot of Judge Dread. The Judah. Oh no. They weren't Aboriginal judges. This was the first cloning experiment. The Judah were clones created by Morton Judd, a genetic scientist. Um, Judd was originally a judge, Judge Judd, and a prominent member of the council. He was the first one to propose the idea of cloning judges and began this programme. Um, and... His most noticeable success was Judge Joe Dredd. Ah. After the Atomic Wars of 2017, Mega City 1 was left in turmoil. As a result, Judd proposed a radical solution to the problem of policing. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, this is Project Janus. Uh, after a failed attempt to assassinate Fargo, Judd and a number of his followers were scheduled for exp uh, execution. However, they were rescued at the last uh, moment and fled. Mega City One with a batch of genetic material. Judd could not be found and was presumed dead until he reappeared almost 40 years later. Judd and his followers had built a secret base inside the caves of Ayers Rock in the Radback. The Radback. The Radback. Not the Cursed Earth, the Radback. Breeding their own army of judges called the Judah. <laughs> there, I didn't dream it. There you go. Enter the Judder and Judge Dread in Oz. Which was a massive story arc. I mean, there's an image here and it's part 15. That's, I mean, to be fair, there are some lengthy ones like Apocalypse Wars goes on for like a while, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And America, that, that stretches over quite a quite a number of progs. Yeah, they, they do like a long story arc, do they, in the old Judge Dredd? They do. So. Right. Yeah. Shall we give Judge Dredd a bit the old ranky rank? Well, uh, let's just let's just summarise some of the other bit. Uh, most of the effects are quite reasonable for a mid-budget action movie. Yeah, yeah, I'd say there's certainly nothing that looks like terrible. 
Yeah. Like obviously, some of it has aged a bit, but I feel like that's just normal from the 90s aging. Yeah. Um, the soundtrack is bombastic, but kind of generic. Yeah, it's Alan Silvestri, who I think has done a lot like superhero-y stuff as well. Yeah. And I think maybe, again, that's a bit of the problem I have with Judge Dredd himself, is because the music makes it all quite heroic-y. Yeah. And it kind of uh, gives the wrong impression of what he's about. Yeah. True that. So, right, now, now we'll do the ranking. But remember, judgment, when you're not a judge, is punishable by uh, a term in the ISO cube. So if you want to go ahead and judge this film, you judge it. Just saying. Yeah, go on then, I am the law. So, yes, time for Judge Dredd to go on our big list of films, which goes from A History of Violence at number one, all the way down to Spawn at number 53. And yeah, I will certainly agree with your first point. It's not like Spawn levels are terrible. <laughs> so, Spawn, you are at 54, no matter what happens. Yeah, it's also... Oh, it's not like Morbius or Nick Fury... No, it's not those levels are bad. Uh, let's... Rob Schneider aside, it's actually a competently put together film. Just with a dodgy 90s action movie script. Yeah, well, somewhat arbitrarily, because you mentioned Australia before, uh, at number 30 we've got DC League of Super Pets, Number 31, we've got Tank Girl. Number 32, Atomic Blonde. Number 33, Batman Returns. Number 34, Wakanda Forever. Number 35, Doom That Came to Gotham. Above Doom That Came to Gotham. Yeah, is is it above Wakanda Forever? Um, That's what I'm toying with. You see, here's the thing. Will I watch Wakanda Forever again? Probably. Would I have watched Judge Dredd again if I hadn't been preparing for this podcast? The answer is possibly, but only if it was on like ITV4 on a Sunday afternoon and it was raining outside. And all the other channels were on strike. And the radio was broken. And you were literally glued to the seat. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, we can pop it underneath Wakanda forever. And and I guess it's, well, it's appropriate that it goes a little bit below Batman Returns, seeing as this film is clearly very heavily inspired by those Batman films. Yeah. Indeed. So, yeah, go on then. Judge Dredd, you can be our new number 35. Excellent. It'll be nearly 70 by the time it gets out of the ISO cubes. 
There's still plenty of life left. Cool. Yeah. That's well, that job done then. Yeah, I was going to say. But where there's not plenty of life left is in this episode because we're done. <laughs> so if you want to listen to more, you can find all our episodes on the feed or wherever you get your podcasts. And you should. Oh, That's easy for you to say. It really isn't. Right. Hesitancy during the outro. Five years in the isocubes. Failure to get your water from a licensed vending droid. Two years in the isocubes. I mean, really, at this point, I may as well just take my chances on the cursed earth. <laughs> Long walk for you. Oh, no, that's me next weekend. Oh, no, you're retiring as chief judge. <laughs> Again. Like I do every summer. Actually, I will say as well, I did like just the comedy you've seen Maximum Sido with like a big old shotgun. <laughs> anyway, if you want to listen to more, you can find all our episodes on the feed or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you subscribe to the show, you'll make sure you never miss an episode. If you want to get in touch, our email is beholdpod at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at beholdpod. Also, if you're a fan, We'd really appreciate it if you left us a review on your podcast app of choice or recommended us to a friend. It's the best way for us to grow as a show and reach new listeners. So that's everything. Until next time, I've been Andrew. And I've been the law. So long and thanks for listening. <laughs>